The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 27th, 2023, season 19, episode number 77. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And today we get to talk about the Cowboys' win on Thanksgiving Day versus the Washington Commanders. They win 45-10, to 10, a blowout. A huge game uh, from the standpoint of just looking at the Cowboys adding another win and trying to keep pace. On the possibilities that maybe they can pull closer to the Philadelphia Eagles before that matchup a couple weeks from now. Uh, but we'll talk about what happened in this game. We'll also have a little bit of talk on uh, some stuff that's happening around the NFC and a little update on Shaq Leonard. Uh, Cowboys seem to have a little interest there, so we'll catch up and figure out what we're hearing about What's up to that. you guys in the building now? We got to figure it out, get <laughs> yeah. it done. You guys in the building need to figure it out. Get it done. The rest of us outside the building can't help you. It's guys <laughs> in the building, you need here to we figure go. It out. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's talk about this game. Let's start first going around the table. Let's get some storylines of the game. Uh, let's start with you, Patrick. What was your storyline of this game? I think for me, one of the biggest storylines is just how prolific Dak Prescott continues to look. Um, I mean, there is a lot of good to take away from this game. But if you look at it from the, the aspect of he didn't play a perfect game and still had four touchdowns and over 300 yards. I mean, if he, for example, if he connects with CeeDee Lamb on that deep route down the middle early in the game, that's one example of a throw that he definitely wants back. I mean, this might be a five-plus touchdown game, 400 yards. So uh, it, it just goes to show that the Cowboys, you know, can continue, if they can continue to be resilient and when things don't go their way, particularly on offense, if they can just, you know, stick with what's working for them, then they can absolutely continue to be dominant. The play calling from Mike McCarthy, uh, I was just in love with it. Um, the way he he tortured uh, some of those mixed coverages, some of the zone looks that he was getting. You know, talk about that uh, touchdown down the seam to Cavante Turpin. Uh, it put the defensive back in another bind. Something that we've seen happening here recently. Ferguson schoolmaker touchdown. That was another example making the defensive back have to choose, knowing that whichever one he chooses, it's a, it's a touchdown either way. So as long as the protection continues to hold up uh, and they continue to be resilient and the play calling continues to be what it is along with execution uh, I, I love what this offense can be yeah. offensive creativity I mean yeah. Patrick talks about it but if you look at what they were able to do they're continually finding ways to manipulate the defenses the pass to Ferguson empty set three wide receivers you line up on the right side you know as Ferguson's going vertically then you know, Turpin goes out, and now you're moving people. The flip play to, to Pollard on third and six, you know, in order to get the ball to the edge and how you bring guys in motion to get the blocker out in front. The Dowdle screen was a really creative play call at the time. Kick, lead, peel, boom. It's a touchdown right there with your blockers. You know, and then he mentioned the Turpin touchdown. Uh, you know, it, it's – you know, when you you put people in a situation where you run, you know, you get trips formation, three to one side, run two to the out, and they all 
they all vacate, and now you have a, a, a speech. And the, and the commanders did something. They gambled on the play. They tried to run. They took their safety curl and put him as a linebacker like he was going to blitz, and then they tried to drop him in coverage, and Dak saw it all the way. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, if you're going to play too deep and put that guy on my slot player and make it like you're trying to disguise it, I'm going to make you pay for it. And and that's what they did. You're starting to see a lot more creativity with this offense when it comes to how they manipulate the play in order to allow uh, their receivers and their backs to uh, to have success. Uh, to me, three things that kind of stood out were one consistency that now and we been talking about this every week now that it's just becoming something that is more consistent of this offense where you can see trends of them doing it you talk about you mentioned Dak him being that quarterback consistently showing up from uh uh since that game against the 49ers everything took turn there then the running game that's something we've been talking about on the show as well and something I've had my eyes on and Tony Pollard he ended up the night with 79 yards which is still it's pretty good um and then you add on a sprinkle of Rico Dow there he only had like 11 yards not much but still the incorporation Dak running still like you always ask yeah yeah Yeah. having them Dak just the running game as a whole and then also the ability of seeing um of them utilizing multiple weapons that now you're not solely relying on one on cd lamb let's say right. you're not solely relying on cd lamb or let's say a brandon cooks now you're seeing them consistently using multiple weapons with the help of a little bit of the running game added on top of there yeah he hit so many different weapons in that game and it it, it kind of to me it's just one of those things where i just love the fact that especially like the turpin play was the one that kind of showed me if you're going to – and you have to. If you're an opposing team, you have to pay attention to those guys that are on the perimeter. you got to pay attention to CD. Mm-hmm. got to pay attention to Cooks. He's getting going. got to pay attention to the tight end. If your fourth cornerback or third cornerback or whatever is going to have to try to try to deal with, with Turpin, yeah. good luck with that, right? right. There's not well, a lot of teams that have that level of depth. Yeah. And that's where this offense can really go. They got a ton of offensive weapons, and now they're using all of them. Turpin ran basically a forty-yard dash on that play. Yeah, yep. you know, and the way the way that he was able to and, and, and give Dak a lot of credit because he saw it was too deep, and he knows if he's sending Turpin through the middle of that defense, you know, the commander's trying to cover it kind of a funny way there, but. You know, that's that's what you do. You put pressure on these teams to have to deal with you mm-hmm. in that way. And, and and Ambar's right. It's just not CD. It's it's you know, you got Cook. I think it's the second straight game where Cooks led the uh, led the, uh, the 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 group in, in reception and, and yards and stuff like that. So, you know, good for good for the uh, good for them to continue to get things. I think that this was a game, too, that Pollard. We're starting to see it where maybe things are coming back to him. You know, we all like the next-gen stuff, those 15-plus mile-an-hour runs and stuff. He had several of them in this game, that explosiveness, the way to get him to the edge, to around the corner and stuff like that. It was all not the heavy lifting in the middle, but it was more on the outside and the edge, and they were really able to take advantage of that. And and also, what you know, kind of going back to what Brian was saying, um, when it comes to the creativity, the play calling, it's really getting fun as far as even pre-snap because – 
you know, we talked about it uh, quite a bit as far as the Cowboys ramping up their use of pre-snap motion uh, and how it directly correlates over the past five, six games with their offensive explosiveness. Obviously, execution matters as well. Um, but you look at what they did against the Commanders, almost 70% of their offensive snaps pre-snap had some sort of motion involved. So the Cowboys have, and Mike McCarthy have completely leaned into it and to the point where now they're right up there rivaling the likes of like Kyle Shanahan and how often he runs um, pre-snap motion. So if you if you love to see that from the Cowboys, and you should because it, it reveals where the mismatches might be pre-snap, then that's another reason that this Cowboys offense should continue to be consistent in what they're doing. They had a third and six play where, if you remember, uh, Lamb came back for the ball and ended up getting 14 yards mm-hmm. in the play. Motion left to right. So they're, they're doing things to not allow people to bracket or double cover Lamb. Yep. But they're also knowing, okay, on third and six, we want to get him to football. So let's get him on the move. He goes past the sticks, comes back for the ball, breaks a tackle like he seems to do all the time, and you get 14 yards. Yep. You know, they're just looking to get a first down. That turns into a 14-yard play. All started because of left to right motion to get him going up the field. And yep. it's also, when you're talking about guys like CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Kevontae Turpin, uh, this motion helps them in their skill set as well because you're not asking them to go from zero to having to beat the guy off the press yeah. or whatever the case may be. They're already in motion. They're already moving. Legs are already moving. So it's much easier to to go from second gear to, to sixth gear than from you know first gear to sixth gear. So when you add in that capacity as well, I mean, it, it's working, and I believe it will continue to do so. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that, that fans need to do is they need to give some credit to Mike McCarthy because Absolutely. for years, for Rolling years, start. That's what fans have about. been yeah. clamoring for scheming guys open, yeah. figuring out ways to get guys open and not just relying on we can beat you because our guys are better. Right. And that's what you're seeing right now. You're seeing the scheme and the scheme of what they're trying to do. You see the offense actually creating opportunities for guys to get open, and then they're taking advantage of it. The quarterbacks taking advantage. The receivers are taking advantage of it. And I think a lot of credit has to go uh, to Mike McCarthy, and Absolutely. that's not something that always happens with fans. It's got to make sure they take the time to give that credit to Mike McCarthy. Well, now that it's kind of starting to work out. You know, <laughs> now we'll give him a little now, love. Now, okay. that, now that it's finally clicking yeah. and it's working now, now you know you take a seat back and you're like, Okay, I guess that was pretty quick in the fact that he was able to turn things around, you know. And but they were not very good the first five games. Right. Absolutely not. Absolutely and not. And we were all questioning, there was like, a well, lot of questions yeah. to this yeah. new yeah. offense. Yeah. 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 But so, now yeah. you think of five games looking like, okay, when you're making a change like that big, that's fair. Five games should be kind of... Uh, the, the grace of like, okay, it took this long to make. I think this. we're at the point now where we can say just let Mike cook. <laughs> okay, so let, let him cook. I got a bigger question for y'all. Looking at how this this offense performed over the last two years, this has been an offense that has always been in the top yeah. of the league. Mm-hmm. Like they're consistently there when Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator. Do you think this version of the offense is better than the version last year and the year before? Yes, I do. That's quick. I do, but and and I do for the reason maybe. Not for the running game aspect of it, but what they're doing throwing the football. And I think your quarterback plays better in this kind of where you create opportunities for him. And I'm not saying you have to scheme guys open all the time because that two point play, he threw that thing through a hole. That, yeah, that you know, yes, that we've seen that ball get intercepted that before with Dak, you know. And and I honestly believe he wanted to throw the ball off the pick to, to Ferguson on the drag. And he pulled it back and, and and give Lamb a lot of credit for keep running, you know, keep running his route because he found a, he found a hole. But man, if you tell me that I think the passing game is better, 
because of the way the combinations of the routes are scheming guys open. Mm-hmm. But I think we're still trying to kind of figure out that running game from the from the old the old days. Uh, I, it took me a moment. I had to to really assess, and I'm going to go with yes. Also, um, I think that obviously the run game was better. Um, you know, I want to say back in the day, but over the past couple of seasons. Um, but when you look at when you compare the passing attack, it's it's not even that it's simply a three-headed attack, which is what everyone was kind of looking toward. Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Well, it's really um, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Jake Ferguson, Jalen Tolbert, Michael Gallup, Kevontae Turpin, um, Jalen Brooks. I mean, you have all these weapons. And then if Schoolmaker can start to contribute as a receiver as well, you combine that with what are we talking about? Pre-snap motion and creativity and the play calling and misdirection. And then what else are we talking about? Dirty Dak has arrived. He's using his legs. He's extending plays. He's making it hard on defensive backs with long coverage windows against highly skilled receivers. So in that capacity and those capacities, absolutely, this is a better uh, offense. Well, the, the offensive line making it easy on you too right now finally yeah they, they really are I which mean, there was a time this season that we didn't know if that would come no, around no no right? that was that there was a lot of big questions there about you know and, and to me it's when your center plays better and your right tackle plays better this offensive line is generally pretty good and, and to that point if you go back and you look at the Cavante Turpin touchdown um Terrence Steele Zach Martin they gave Dak Prescott just enough time to read uh, do the pump fake to yeah. to drag the DB to the right to Cooks and then release that ball to Kevontae Turpin. If that pr- if that protection breaks down, that touchdown doesn't happen. Maybe he dumps it off to Ferguson on the right. Maybe he dumps it off to Pollard on the left yeah. in the release, and maybe you get the first down, but you don't get that touchdown. If that well, they had they had a deal they had a deal too, and I, I believe it was one of the plays where uh, it was third and eleven. Just just remembering plays from the day, and Cooks caught the ball inside, and he's running a route where Dak flushes left, and Tyron Smith just pins everybody to the inside. And Tyron Smith, by pinning everybody there, that gets Prescott to the edge, and now he's able to set his feet and make the throw. So here you are, you throw a ball for, you know, for a third and 11 play, it ends up being a 25-yard gain. You know, because your quarterback's mobility, your receiver's smart enough to find the hole in the zone, and then also the quarterback also sets his feet and makes a, a really, really nice throw. And you get that that pin, everybody pinned to the inside there on the uh, on the pass rush. And well, Dak wasn't sacked a single time. Um, Two games in a row now, right? right. I was going to say the biggest difference uh, to me between the two schemes and the changes is just the way Dak is playing as a whole. Because even with Kellen Moore, we saw – creative plays we saw um them filling up the stat sheets you know being the top nfl offense in the nfl we saw them utilizing different weapons as well but now the way Dak is playing to me it just gives everything else like a whole sense like a different sense of confidence and and comfort level on the field like you go out there and you can trust him and not not that you couldn't trust him before Mm -hmm. and he's always been a great leader but there's just something a whole like just different and i get it like the running game is still missing and you do need to keep improving on that and i like to think it's more of the injuries that have happened and maybe that's what's kind of messed up your running game as a whole but also uh it's just I just see everything leading back to Dak and just being oh. more comfortable and using his legs and running and him just having a really uh, – being able to 
connect with his receiver so well, like knowing now where this player is going to land and get there. Some of those long, deep passes down the field. I mean, he's shown a lot more of that happening this year. They haven't turned the ball over to. And that too. really helps. I think Dak's channeling his girl dad energy. I think that's what's really going on. <laughs> Shout out to him. Congratulations, yeah. on, Congratulations on the baby to soon to come. Sarah, yes. Your life is changing forever, young man. All right, let's, uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about that running game. And is this running game, at least what we saw from Tony Pollard this game, is that what the offense really needs? Is it a little different than what they had last year? But is that sufficient for what they need in order to be effective? We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you back to the break experience the most electrifying event of the holiday season it's the cowboys christmas extravaganza powered by the powered by reliant every friday and saturday night now through december 16th the cowboys christmas extravaganza ignites the star in frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing 65 performers including the world-renowned dallas cowboys cheerleaders santa claus and appearances from your favorite Dallas Cowboy football heroes. Visit thestardistrict.com for more info. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. The segment brought to you by blockchain.com. Did we take Mrs. Claus out of this one? Did she, Did we? she go back home? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I thought there was a couple of reads before Mrs. Hey, Claus. If Mr. Claus a... is here, my guess is Mrs. Claus okay. is here as well. Maybe they realized I, I, can, sure. I can't read this read very well, and they'd start taking words out of it. That's, yeah. I think, what they did right there. <laughs> I don't think that's what they did. <laughs> Mrs. Claus was not there on Friday night, just letting you know. Oh. Okay. I, I thought there. Mrs. Claus. They let her go home? Yeah. I don't know. 
That was part of it. That she was oh, part of the okay. original stuff. So. Santa right. was there, though. Yeah, Santa was there. All right. All right. Maybe she just got Santa set up, and then she's like, I got other things. I got, I got other things to do. <laughs> got to get out of here. All right. Uh, let's talk about the running game. Tony Pollard, this game, had 13 carries for 79 yards, a 6.1 average. Really yeah. good average. One touchdown. Then had another six receptions for 24 yards. All in all for fantasy players out there, really great fantasy day. Uh, but that being said, is this what this offense really needs from the running back position? I mean, these aren't gaudy numbers, but these are numbers that maybe this is what the offense needs if you're throwing the ball as well as the Cowboys are throwing the ball. Maybe this is what you need from the running backs. What do you guys think? I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, we mentioned several times on, on the podcast that I, specifically me, I know that I feel like the Cowboys should continue to use the pass to set up the run until further notice, you know, until a defense presents itself that forces you to flip that, continue to use the pass to set up the run. And doing that, all you need the run to do, the run offense to be, is effective enough to make the opposing defense respect it. That's all you need it to be. Uh, you also need your running backs to be able to act, uh, be receivers out of the backfield as well. Tony Pollard can do that. You saw Rico Dowdle. He can do that with the touchdown on the on the quick screen. Uh, you know that you can get some flicks out of Hunter Lipke if you were to do that as well. So really all you need is from your running backs, three things. One, be excellent in pass pro because, again, you're trying to set up the run with the pass. Second, make sure that uh, – when they are taking the handoffs, that is it's respectable gains. It doesn't have to be tearing off six, seven yards a game. Just respectable. Four and a half, that should do it. And then the third thing is be an effective receiver out of the backfield. Uh, and that will keep opposing defenses from adding guys to the box. And if you, you know, can add them to the box, and that just helps you out from the run game. So one hand washes the other. Yeah. Um, I think – if it's that type of performance, I'll take that every week. Oh, I mean, it works out perfectly. Uh, and I'm okay with that type of running game performance. Especially on the 40 burgers. Yes, yes. absolutely. But it does concern me. <laughs> I'm trying to think, okay, why match up? But I, I still don't feel like you can solely rely on or depend on the running game. That is still an... Uh, I don't know. Like you don't. We were talking about consistency. I can feel like the Cowboys can consistently show up with Dak Prescott mm-hmm. in the passing game. True. The running game. That's a different story. You don't know. That's a gamble. You that's a whole them. gamble. You don't know if if it's gonna work out or not just yet. But the good thing and the promising thing is that it's starting to trend upwards, and you're starting to see see improvement. But uh, yeah, uh, they they still need to get better. Don't get me wrong, and I'll take that all day. But I, it's just something that I don't think can be relied on. I don't know if they can kill a game, a close game, if they had to, if they had to get into a four minute offense and kill this game. I mm. don't know if they can do that right now because they play so many blowout games. I do know on third and six they can get fourteen yards if it's blocked well and the and the runner explodes the way he did on the edge. Yeah. They're running some toss stuff. They seem to be playing perimeter football, which I think is really, really good. Uh, I like that. I'm with Amber. I'll take the 100 yards a game for sure, but I'm not sure I can hang my hat on finishing a game if I had to. If if it was close and you got the ball and we got to get three first downs and this thing's over, I don't know if they can do that right now. 
with the way the running game is currently is. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I also think the other challenge will be what happens when you get into a game where you can't throw. And what I mean by that is the weather doesn't allow you to throw. We know that game's coming up here in December where they're going to have to travel to Buffalo. I don't know how many people saw this weekend. I was watching that, that Kansas. I think it was the Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas State and yeah. Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. and the, the whole field is white and snow is just like you can't really even see everything completely. And I was thinking – December in Buffalo, that looks like that could be a possibility. I, and you yeah. get into a game like that, yeah. you got to run the ball. There is no throwing the ball downfield like the Cowboys are doing right now in those kind of conditions by and large. So if you get in one of those games, can you run the ball? Yeah, that's the thing. I think in Buffalo, you worry about the cold, but you worry about the wind. Yeah, That's another one. That's going to affect a passing game quite a bit there. And, you know, I, I give Josh Allen a lot of credit yesterday. That The conditions in Philadelphia were yeah, pretty, pretty awful, bad. and he yeah. was throwing the ball around pretty well. You know, but he's used to that. He played at Wyoming. You know, he, he Buffalo's his home now. You know, these quarterbacks, they adapt. But, yeah, it, it does affect your ability to move the ball when you have to deal with elements. And mainly, to me, throwing the ball has always been wind. That's the one that kind of mm-hmm. gets you. Yeah, and that's one you definitely can face when you get up to Buffalo you in can. December. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right, let's talk about the offensive line. Uh, yesterday, uh, Dak was not sacked at all. Uh, he only got he only got hit twice. Yeah, Thursday. Um, Thursday. Thursday. Sorry. Yeah, Thursday. Sorry, I'm way off. Um, and then Pollard. Obviously, we talked about the day that he had. Um, talk to me specifically about the interior offensive lineman, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotis, and Zach Martin. How did they do against those yeah. two? Those two big defensive tackles. That, that was a big win because I believe you only got uh, one pressure off the pass rushes yeah. that you had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So going into that game, I know on 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 105.3 The Fan, on the pregame show that we do, the, one of the things I felt like that if the Cowboys were going to have success on offense, it was going to be on uh, Martin, Biotish, and Smith to be able to hold up against the inside two. I wasn't so concerned about what was going on on the edges with this commander's defense. It was inside, but uh, the, the, the amount of dropbacks you had and the lack of pressure there, the hits and all that, I think they did a really, really nice job of holding up inside. You just worry about those two guys pushing the pocket and affecting it, and, and Dak had no problem at all. Even there were a couple times where he got to step up and throw balls. So I, uh, you know, uh, Helmet stickers for those three guys for the way they played against those two uh, commanders' tackles. Yeah, it's one of the best you know, interior tandems in the entire NFL, and you could put them up against anyone, um, and they'll probably have a phenomenal day. So to see how well Tyler Biadish played, and, yeah. and Tyler Smith continues to just play lights out. And we talked about Zach Martin and a couple cracks in the armor, but the armor looked pretty good on Thanksgiving uh, against some of the best and strongest interior defensive linemen in the entire league. So um, like Brian said, helmet stickers to those guys because Dak Prescott really had some time in that pocket uh, as far as the interior which then forced the issue to the edges uh and the you know the commanders don't have the horses at the edges anymore no, they don't have chance don't. younger montez sweat so winning on that interior basically set the cowboys up for success there was really only one negative play pollard had he got trapped behind the line for a loss but man that i mean biotish my man martin we interviewed zach martin today on the radio i think he left his i think he left his buddy tyler biotish out on an island on that one it was mm-hmm. a real wide technique there and and alan was able to get it and zach's like i'm going around him and, and poor Biotis is like, <laughs> like he's trying, but you know he uh, Allen got in the but backfield, and it was it was yeah it was that was, that was really one of the only negative plays that you saw that those guys made against uh, against you. Well, we had a plenty of discussions, uh, wondering how long it would take for this O line to start being in sync and on the same Four page. Games. It was.
was about four games. Uh, games. Yeah, which is about right with a lot of what you guys were saying and Nate was saying on his show. Um, But they just seem like they're in sync now. They're they're not. Everybody seems to be on the same page and knows what the other one is doing. So it's not that whole or and also not getting beat one on one, which happened a whole lot in the last several weeks. Um, Philadelphia with the right tackle was a was kind of a, a they have several uh, games where yeah. you could see just one-on-one battles yeah. of guys yeah. just getting beat which is not common it's very uncommon for these guys they have experience and, and they're big tough guys that know what they're doing but something was off either way the point is they're in sync now and everybody is holding up their own job and doing their own thing they're going to need these guys to play now 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 starts thursday the yep. run where you're going to have to you're going to have to be really good up front yep. if they're going to if they're going to compete for the division title, it's going to have to be with those guys the way that they play. Yep. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we're going to flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Man, some some uh, interesting things to talk about there, including a record-breaking day mm-hmm. for Deron Bland. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the Playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code COWBOYS VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Tis the season for youth football and dance camps presented by Avisaline. Don't miss your chance to learn from Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and former NFL players at AT AT&T Stadium on December 22nd and 23rd. Celebrate the holidays with the Cowboys. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash camps. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And now we got to talk about the defense. And I'm kind of remiss that we've gotten to the third segment and haven't mentioned Deron Bland. because he deserves his own segment. There you go. This man has broken the NFL record 
for the number of pick sixes in a season now with five. Uh, in my opinion, he should be. I don't care what else happens the rest of the year. He should be defensive player of the year. But that's neither here nor there. Talk to me first about Deron Bland and what he's meant to this team so far through this to this point in the season. Wow. I mean, that that's that sums it up for me thus far. Um, when you look at this is a second-year guy who flew out of the gates as a rookie, led the team in interceptions with five, but that was at nickel. Come into this season, he's at nickel again. You lose Trayvon Diggs. He immediately gets bounced to the outside. Question is, can he even remotely fill the shoes of Trayvon Diggs, who's a record-setting cornerback um, in his own right? And here he is. Five pick sixes later, that question has been answered just magnificently. So he's playing fantastic football. He's um, your resident ball hawk. You have a lot of ball hawks, but he is the he is him when it comes to hawking the ball. But what, what's even more insane is it's not just the interceptions. It's the fact that he keeps finding the end zone after he gets the interception. That, that pick six against the commanders, um, he looked like a punt returner after he got that interception. The way he set up Sam Howell with the angles and, and forced him to turn the wrong way and then forced two uh, wide receivers to collide into each other, a la Mike Vick in Minnesota in the playoffs. I mean, I can't. I don't have enough adjectives to describe how great the Cowboys need to feel about De'Ron Bland. And there's still several games left to play in this regular season. So might we get six? Might we get seven? It's insane. It's insane what he's doing. So I hope everyone's enjoying this in real time because you're going to look back on this um, years and years from now and realize that you'll probably never see anything like this again. Yeah, when I'm sitting on a couch, my teeth falling off, and I'll be like, oh, yes, to my little grandkids. Yes, I was there. I was in the press box when that happened. And the interesting thing about the press box, you know, there's no cheering in the press box. But when I tell you the press box kind of exploded a yeah. little bit, like, oh, my God, I can't believe he caught it. And then, like, is he going to take – oh, my – and then people are just, like, losing their minds. It was it was actually a really cool moment because you're not supposed to cheer in the press box, but everybody, everybody. was yeah. just amazed by what was happening. Go no, ahead, it, it was, no, it was absolutely amazing to just live that moment and, and live his – like, Enjoy that through his eyes and like his presence. Like you feel like you're living it with him, even mm-hmm. though you had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. But even when we were out there waiting outside the locker room, you could hear how loud the locker room they got and them got cheering. So that that is the coolest part of it all. It's just seeing your teammates, how they react to it, how they celebrate you, and such a big win. Um it's such a cool thing. And he's, you know, he's like having to do all these interviews after the game and all kind of nervous, don't know what Just to say. But uh, now his right gloves and what else was sent to the Hall of Fame? Shoes. shoes. His shoes, his cleats. Uh, so that's really cool. And one of the things Pit he wanted. pick and now his stuff is sitting in the Hall of Fame. It's insane. Like, it's amazing. insane. Yeah. And I told him, like, you wanted to be remembered and now you will you be. You will never absolutely. be forgotten. Yeah. No, you will never uh, be so forgotten. So it's. It's awesome to see great things happen to great people. And he's a he's such a humble, nice guy. If he doesn't pick that ball off, he had a rough day. Yeah. yeah. He really did. He All had right, a rough now let's get to the <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, seriously, uh, you know, Samuel Samuel ran him ran him around a little bit. It was a battle out there. Uh, you know, he was targeted eleven times. He gave up eight receptions overall for 120 yards. You know, that's that's that those are the things you live with when you play in the National Football League. You you're going to come across some receivers that we've talked about this in the in the 
the buildup to the game felt like that, you know, McLaurin and really didn't talk about Samuel a whole, whole hell of a lot. But if you're a commanders fan, you kind of kind of be proud about the way that he played in this game. Yeah, you know, nine catches for hundred yards. Yeah, he was, he, you know, and that's the first receiver that yep. the Cowboys had given up that had a hundred yards. So, uh, you know, and if you have a 300 yard passer on the dot and a hundred yard receiver on, on the, the dot. dot. Yeah. And so, it was a it was a rough game uh, for him that way. Anytime you have a corner that has ten tackles in a game, that usually means they're going after a guy. And they felt like that they can double move him. They felt like, and, and a lot of teams are doing this now because of how aggressive he plays, you know, and how he's able to position himself to get these interceptions. Uh, it's incredible the ball skills he has. But you know, uh, I'm surprised. I thought that more people would attack. Gilmore on the other side, it really hasn't come out that way. It's it's been more about now Gilmore on the other side against Terry McLaurin. He was McLaurin caught one ball, six targets. You know when when you're dealing with that way. So overall, other than Samuel, but they made a they made a, a point to get Samuel over on Bland in this game, and uh, he's going to have to be he's going to have to be ready for that because people feel like that they can move him now with that aggressiveness he plays with. So I'll ask you this question, Brian. If Are you okay with the idea of giving up 10, what did you say, 12 catches for 120 yards or eight, whatever? Eight, rece- eight yeah, receptions yeah. for 120 yards. Yeah. Giving up that, not giving up a touchdown, though, so you didn't get beat deep, and still having the ability to get those pick sixes. Are you okay with that? Because for that kind of cornerback the pick who's going to take those chances, yeah. that means sometimes he's probably going to get beat a little bit, and that yeah. definitely means if he's going to have to come up and make the tackle. And it looks like he was making those tackles. It wasn't like he was getting beat nope. deep. didn't look like he was giving up a lot of big plays. Nope. He would just have to rally and tackle. Would you be willing to give that up? Uh, the, the pick sixes are worth four sacks. If you want to play metrics games with that, yeah. if you look at what the the percentage of a what a pick six means to as opposed to what a sack means, uh, that's like getting four wow. sacks. That's crazy. So no, I you know I, I'm just pointing out that you know this kid's an incredible player. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying though he had a rough day. Yeah. You know when it comes to I'll take the pick sixes all day. I'll take the way he covered. now. Uh, eight receptions for 120 yards. If one of those is a touchdown or two of those is a touchdown, maybe we're talking a different game. Yep. But, you know, I just it, – you have to be able to he, – he is – teams are not – even though he's had so much success, this team did not shy away from him. And I wonder if other teams are seeing the same thing. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm pointing out here. I'm not trying to uh, discount the player at all because he's a hell of a football player. He's – I was more worried about losing a really great slot player than I was. Yeah, you know, to me, him playing for Diggs was never going to be a, a question. Who was going to be in the slot? That was my question right there. Yeah. So he he's got to be ready that these teams are going to they're going to work on him. You know, and 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 he's he'll make them pay, but he but he they, he needs to be ready for that. When you look at a Curtis Samuel, I I think of him as a very skilled yeah. guy that knows how to get open can work in the slot some. What are the kind of guys do the Cowboys face that, that maybe teams say, because you said they made a concerted effort to make sure they put got him on yeah. the bland. I think of a guy like Devontae Smith, but what would be another guy that maybe the Cowboys have to play that you look at and you're like, that's the kind of player you'd have to be aware of if they're going to do those kinds of things. Maybe Hill. Yeah. You know, Hill, uh, Hill. Uh, Waddle, all those guys that can really, really run. Yeah. Uh, you know, because what happens is their speed, their speed will, will make you nervous. 
you know, their ability, if you, if all of a sudden they, they fake like they're breaking in on an in-cut and you have to chase that down, and land can chase. But, you know, we're talking about, about some guys with some elite speed. Mm-hmm. So, if you know, the whole thing about selling routes is, you know, Samuel did a really good job of selling his routes. And, and you know, and, and it... And it it, it forced uh, forced Bland to have to kind of got put in some bad situations there, but you're going to play some teams. I mean, w- what about at Buffalo with with Diggs? Yeah, you know, and that crew, and then and then there's the uh, uh, Gabe Davis. Is it Gabe, uh, Davis, yeah. Gabe Davis? Is a you know, there's guys that can make plays. They're 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 going to face some wide receivers down the stretch here that I think that they're they're all going to have to be on their A games. Yep. All right, real quick before we end the show, Patrick, what do we know right now about Shaq Leonard? Uh, he's scheduled to be in the facility here this week, uh, early this week, obviously. Um, if not tomorrow, which is correct. Tomorrow's Tuesday, yeah? Okay. I, I, feel, like, yeah, I feel like there. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, per multiple reports, it'll be tomorrow, but I'm hearing it'll be no later than Wednesday. Obviously, the Cowboys uh, have a game on Thursday, so it won't be then. Um, but Cowboys have a lot of interest in him. Um, initially, they were doing due diligence on the medical aspect of it, trying to do some digging, seeing what they could come up with there. Um, obviously, they're at the point where they are satisfied with that portion of it, so they you know, invited him to come on down, and uh, and obviously the interest is mutual because yesterday he was at the Colts game, so he's catching a flight from Indianapolis to come sit down and talk with Jerry, Stephen, McClay in, in the front office, McCarthy, um, probably some former teammates, Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Cook, so those relationships exist here as well. Uh, and the Cowboys they as long as those talks bear fruit I mean they really do want him um, and they are also up against the reality that there are other teams that want him as well one particularly being in your division who just went 10 and one who might have lost that Cunningham yeah um, that'd due, be the second linebacker correct yeah. due to injury so yeah. um, he's scheduled to be here Cowboys want him to stick around so fingers crossed because Brian myself Derek and Ambar we all want Shaq Lynn, hey Shaq if you're listening yeah. Um, when you get here, stay here. That's, yeah, that's how I feel. Brothers, take care of you. Come on through. Yeah, Come no, on. I, I think the one, the, one, the one thing you always have you. to, to appreciate about the way that Jerry, Steve, and Will, Mike, those guys, they recruit very, very well. Yep. And usually when they get somebody in the building, Adam Pacifica, the agents usually kind of work things out. So uh, hopefully that'll be the case. Uh, you mentioned Philadelphia. I know, was it Josiah Anderson said that Philly wasn't a, interested. I had people in Philly tell me they were interested. So, yeah. I, it, you know, it, hey, everybody's getting information nowadays. But, yeah, the injuries to the Eagles is something that you know, is now a little bit of a concern to them at the linebacker spot. You clearly saw that late in the game that Buffalo was yeah. able to run the yes, ball inside, were. and they just weren't good enough to defend the run. I don't think they want to get into the playoffs with a, a, a leaky defense when it comes to running the ball. They, they have those two big inside tackles, and they got Fletcher Cox that's even nicked up right now, yeah. too. So they might be in a little bit of a bad spot there with the injuries. When you start thinking about it, really, their, their secondary is probably the weakest part of that defense. Now if you add linebacker to yeah. that, now you got some real problems on yeah. that defense. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think they would probably be in the mix. But what I do love is you put Jerry in a situation where he's got to sell. Recruit. Hey, man, I'll, I'll put him up against almost anybody when he's got to sell. Never seen the him Cowboys, lose. Yeah. Never they, seen him lose have, one of those. They have the firepower to get this deal done. They have the the personal connections, Gilmore and Cooks, uh, and then Gus Bradley and Gus Dan Bradley, Quinn. Yeah. You know, you have that. Um, you have the, the beauty of the facility as far as wooing the player. You have the offense that's come alive. You have the a city, deep, which I think the city, the city is a as well. Too. Metroplex is magnificent. It's not a hard sale. It's not a hard sale. And on top no. of that, you also have the cap space to get this done. <laughs> Are you killing Dallas? What are you 
No, she's saying it's not a hard sell. Oh, oh, I thought you were saying, saying it's no, an easy sell. Oh, I got you. I got you. It's an easy sell. I got you. I thought you were trying to say Dallas isn't no, a part of this. No, when you yeah. look at it's it an easy from sell. a team and yeah, everything, no like, doubt. there's so... They're in the hunt. People love yeah. to talk crap about the Cowboys and all that, but the reality is, that, I mean, you just walk in this place and... It's amazing. And just walk around the locker room and, and meet with the players and, and the coaches. And it's, it's like you culture. said, it's not a hard sell. And the Cowboys have the cap space to get it done because it's not like they're trying to sign the guy to a, you know, a four-year um, you know, market-setting deal. Yeah. I mean, you, you're trying to get him for the rest of the season. So you got the money. You got the power. You got the, the influence. Just get her done. Yeah, I think done. I think this is one of those moves that I think could really pay dividends for the Cowboys. I think they can 100%. really use this player, and I think as time goes on, they will see how much they could use this player. Yeah, uh, even with ever replaced that overshone yet, have they? No, they haven't. And that's honestly, that's not on the guys. It's Vanderbilt. Yeah, the guys too, that yeah. they have here have been doing an yeah, admirable job. This guy was not a linebacker. Yeah. Bell was not a linebacker when the season started, he, he, and he has done an admirable job. But as you get closer to the playoffs, and we talked about, you get into that weather where you have to run the ball. Guess what? There may be if you're in that kind of weather, that means yeah. the other team has to run the ball yeah, too. And guy. we haven't faced that kind of just pounding, relentless, uh, rushing attack uh, to see whether Bell can really hold and up. And if in something there. happens, God forbid, and you, from you another still need injury, depth. You, if you, nothing you else, need, you need depth. You have nobody else really to yeah. take care of that. And position. also, also, if nothing else, you'd keep him out of Philadelphia by keeping him here. No doubt about it. That may be the most important <laughs> and part there, of this whole conversation. There it is. All right, we appreciate you guys joining. So we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to start breaking down Cowboys versus Seahawks. That happens this Thursday. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?